Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. What we're dealing with here is a total lack of respect for the law. You're listening to Done By Law, brought to you by the Federation of Community Legal Centres. Good evening, it's 6 o'clock and you're listening to Done By Law on 3CR 855am, 3cr.org.au and 3CR Digital. You're here with Marissa, myself and Cartier on Tech Support. And our guest in studio tonight is Joe Nunwick, Senior Lawyer at West Justice. And for the first half of the show, we're going to be joined by another guest, Maria Kumar, a social worker with Iwi and Oz, as we talk about an ongoing campaign in support of young New Zealanders who are homeless in Australia. Uh, and after the break, we'll chat more with Joe about how this campaign connects to the broader issue of couch surfing and homelessness, and in particular with some of the findings from West Justice's report, Couch Surfing Limbo. So good evening, Joe and Maria. Good evening. Kia ora. <laughs> Kia ora, good evening. Um, I feel like I'm on TVNZ or something. <laughs> um, what's unique, uh, I'm just open the question to both of you, what's unique about young New Zealanders experiencing homelessness in Australia compared with other young people? Um Maria, I might take the the sort of legalistic aspect of that and you can maybe talk a bit more about the the sort of aspects in terms of community. Um, One of the big changes that happened from 26th of February 2001 is that people who arrived in Australia on a New Zealand passport uh, stopped being entitled to qualify as Australian residents and stopped being entitled to qualify for a lot of the benefits that come with that. And one of the most key ones for young New Zealanders is that they can no longer access the unreasonable to live at home youth allowance. So if they do experience homelessness and can't be with their families, um, they can't rely on that government support when they really need it. Yeah, thanks, Joe. Any Anything to add, Maria? Um, <clears throat> I definitely agree with what Joe was just saying there. Um, obviously, the legislation law changes in 2001 has a big impact on young people and their homelessness. Yeah, thanks for that. Um, West Justice wrote an open letter, which Iwi and Oz were one of the 38 other signatories to that. Um, The open letter was to the New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinta Ardern, and it was sent in May. What were you asking for? Um, Iwi and Oz and ourselves and the other organisations who signed on to that were effectively trying to highlight the plight of those young New Zealanders between 15 and 18 years to the New Zealand government. Um, Now, I think it's maybe worth saying that we also wrote a version of the same letter to the Federal Australian Government and Malcolm Turnbull at the same time. We weren't saying that New Zealand has to pay for that immediately and fess up the money, and we weren't demanding that Australia did it either. What we were saying is that these are some of the most vulnerable um, young cohort in Australia right now 
but they're also young New Zealanders um, with the connections that that entails. And we're asking them to come together and be proactive and be compassionate about how they approach extending coverage of Centrelink support to these kids. And um, Maria, how does this fit in with the broader work that Iwi and Oz do? Um, well, Iwi and Oz have identified uh, this young cohort who don't access any um, Centrelink payments, meaning that they, um, if they're not getting any Centrelink payments or hold a concession uh, card, it means that they're not able to access any housing services that are offered to young people. And that, um, so this is what's affecting them right now when they become homeless. Yeah. And in the open letter, um, it was stated that it would not be a huge financial burden because of um, the welfare payments wouldn't perhaps only need to be extended to about 160 young people, I noticed, in the open letter. How, how did um, you arrive at that figure? Well, that's exactly right. We're dealing with a subset of a subset of a subset. So... Fortunately, not every young person who lives in Australia is going to have to rely on this benefit, um, and not every New Zealander who's here is going to have to rely on it either. We basically delved down. We realised that it's only 6,500 young Australians aged between 15 and 17 years who currently receive the benefit. That was based on information supplied from the Department of Social Services. Um, And then according to the ABS, 2.5% of Australia's estimated resident population was born in New Zealand, and we basically winnowed that down to the segment who are in their teens. Um, And so because they're in their teens and if they were born in New Zealand, they will have had to arrive after 2001 at this stage, basically. And then we worked on a similar statistical number um, of New Zealanders who might be in that gap. So... Because we've gone for the slightly wider age bracket, if anything, we've we've sort of overestimated the number who might need the payment at any one time. Um, so it ends up being a very, very small group of 160 young people at any one time. Um, but the nature of, of youth homelessness and couch surfing, and we'll go into that a little bit later on, those 160 can move in and out of that level of homelessness or couch surfing and then other young people could take their place. So it's a, a group of, statistically, it's a group that's always moving around. The bottom line is that they just don't have any sort of support structure right now. And is that your thinking too, Maria, from your experience with Iwi in Oz, that um, this relatively small contribution would, would make quite a big impact more widely? Uh, it certainly will. Um, it will certainly also fill those gaps that we identify. Yeah. So what was the response of both governments, the New Zealand and the federal government, to this open letter? Well, the Australian federal government so far, um, that's been absolute silence, unfortunately. The New Zealand government came back to us um, less than a month after we wrote, and they um, expressed appreciation for the work that both West Justice and Iwi and Oz do, Um, and the Foreign Affairs Minister for New Zealand, Winston Peters, gave an undertaking that the New Zealand government would continue to raise the issues with the Australian government. Um, They did suggest that, and and this is kind of the inequity, um, Australian young people who find themselves in New Zealand can access this payment right now. So if you are Australian-born and you wind up in Aotearoa, New Zealand, 
and there is domestic violence um, or something like that affects your ability to live at home, you can go to the New Zealand government and get that support. Um, and so there's that inequity. One of the suggestions from um, Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern in her letter was that um, young New Zealanders who return to New Zealand can always receive um, social security payments once they come back. I guess our reservation with that is that some of those young people will be lucky enough to come back into extended family and find no networks that can support them. Um, but for many of them, it's it doesn't feel like home. Yeah. And um, this campaign didn't come out of nowhere. There's obviously been a lot of work with um, New Zealanders in Australia up till now. Um, could you give us a bit more background of what's been going on in Australia around this group of people, Maria? Um, well, IWINOS was specifically um, created to... I guess, awareness around the legislation laws and how they affect New Zealanders. Um, they also have been lobbying to government um, since they've been created and also, um, I guess, advocate um, around immigration issues. So we do a lot of um, uh, immigration information to farmers that are living here in Australia. Um, and even for young people, I mean, there's really not very much accessibility for young people but um, in general for families there are there are many pathways that they're not really familiar with um, because nobody shares that information with them so we try and go around all around Melbourne to I guess share that information to all New Zealanders that are that are happy to come to any of our our um, meetings and sharing information around, um, you know, those legislation laws, what are the pathways to citizenship, uh, what do you do when you become homeless and, you know, where where you can send these families through or even our young people. I mean, you know, when we come across our young people, uh, there's really nowhere to refer them to. Mm. So, of course, Iwi and North working with another organisation have now created their own um, host families where we, you know, if we have any young people that refer to Iwi and Oz and, you know, can now be placed uh, temporarily in some, you know, host family and work with them um, around maybe finding jobs for them because there isn't any other options for these young people. Yeah. And you mentioned, Maria, um, pathways to citizenship. Joe. there was some recent change around New Zealanders having different pathways to citizenship. Does that ease the burden of the cohort you're talking about at all? I think I think for New Zealanders overall, it does ease the burden. I'm just putting a very broad gloss in it. But basically for um, New Zealanders who arrived before 2016, um, they now are in a position where if there's a period where they earn over a certain amount for five continuous years... Um, they can then expect expect to be able to have an easier path to residency. Um, one of the things that makes it difficult is that you, you can earn a, a okay wage over in Australia coming over from New Zealand, but that can be precarious for a few different reasons. And the the young people who have found themselves in this in that situation, um, that's after th- things have gone from precarious to going wrong. Yeah. So. Um what next for this particular campaign? What are the 
political pressure points that you can see in the future? Um, I think, I think, and I, I don't know. Um, I'd, I'd see if, if Mar- what Maria thinks of this, but I sort of feel as if the New Zealand government is gradually building a little bit of confidence in terms of how it how it speaks to Australia and how it conducts itself on issues that it thinks are important. Um, we went on quite a public campaign um, in New Zealand flagging this. In Australia, we're trying to be a little bit more um, low-key about it and operate behind the scenes in, ter- in terms of who we speak to, partly because right now it feels as if there's a lot of stick put the way of young arrivals from overseas, and that includes New Zealand and the media, so we don't want to do a big sort of tabloidy campaign of it. Um, but what we do want is we want to highlight this to the state government here now and really state governments in general who have to bear the brunt um, of young people's homelessness right now um, and maybe create an appetite with them to encourage the federal government to do it. Um, we're also aware that you know, there will be a federal election coming up soon um, and so trying to speak to a full range of politicians about it and, and why we think it's a pretty minor and affordable change. Yeah. Anything to add yourself, Maria, on that? Um, I think, I believe um, the letter that was sent to the New Zealand Prime Minister, um, it seemed like she's responded, so that's a good thing um, as far as, you know, as far as I'm concerned. Um, there has been a response come from the New Zealand government and we've, we've even had um, other media contact, um, you know, I'm more than sure that this justice has been contacted by other media um, interested in what this, you know, the effect the letter has put upon um, on making the media aware of, oh, okay, this letter's gone to New Zealand and you want to know more about it. So uh, I, I, I am aware that the Australian media has interviewed a few people that was I guess signed off on the letter, so I just wanted to raise that as well. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, there were quite a few others that signed on to the letter. It was quite heartening, actually, to see the range of organisations that got behind this. One I hadn't heard of before was the Victorian Māori Wardens. Can either of you give some insight into who they are and what they're up to? Um, I could do. Um as an executive member on on um, on Victoria Māori Warden, um, look, they are an organisation that supports. Um, you know, they 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 are very well informed about the letter. That because obviously um, our our president signed off on it, I, I believe. Um, and uh, they support anything when it comes to, you know, um, New Zealanders. It doesn't matter what it is. Uh, you generally will see them out in the community, whether they're um, supporting um, events or supporting other um, organisations for whatever reason they may be. But it's all about them, I guess, networking out there in the community, um, you know, trying to keep a profile of uh, in, in the community sense, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they are out and about. They've been around for about five years now. Um, they're always approached by any organisation in terms of 
um, supporting whatever it is that's out there. Um, they look at it and they say, yeah, we will support, you know, whatever's happening. So they're good in that way. Yeah. I think you were saying a bit about um, a sort of a neighbourhood watch aspect to them, um, uh, Joe. Yeah, so it's it's not necessarily they don't they don't do the 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 work and the power of law enforcement, and I, I think I think from um, my experience of what they do in West Auckland, New Zealand, it's more about building rapport um, and having someone that. Um, younger members of the community can can look up to and sort of respect the word and the advice of when they see them on the street. So they're really good at diffusing situations, um, checking in on how things are going, um, and just kind of just kind of presenting a, a friend friendlier and more compassionate and sympathetic face a lot of the time in the community than um, members of say the um, the the forces on the on the train stations and stuff necessarily do. Yeah. Um, thanks for your time, um, Joe and Maria. Uh, if someone wants to get in touch with Iwi and Oz, what's the best way to get in touch with yourselves? Um, you've, you've got my email. So. Yeah. yeah, so I think if you look up Iwi in Oz, I-N-O-A-U-S, Iwi in Oz, um, you'll yeah. find contact details for, for people via that. We're going to take a short break now, um, and then we'll be back to talk with Joe some more about couch surfing and homelessness. Thank you. Thanks. The 2018 Melbourne Anarchist Book Fair is on the 11th of August at the Brunswick Town Hall. Stalls, books, projects, and organisations fighting for a better world, here and abroad. Come for the stalls, stay for the workshops. Topics ranging from Indigenous struggles and decolonization, climate change, anti-racism, unions, feminism, refugees, Anarchy 101 and so much more. Interested in a stall? Email us on info at amelbournebookfair.org. That's info at amelbournebookfair.org. Or message us on our Facebook page, Melbourne Anarchist Book Fair 2018, a 3CR supporter. It's 6.21 and you're listening to Done By Law on 3CR 855 AM, 3cr.org.au and 3CR Digital. And now we're going to talk more with Joe Nunwig, Senior Lawyer at West Justice. Um, we talked already uh, about the ongoing campaign around extending welfare for young New Zealanders who are homeless in Australia. And Joe, this campaign came out of work your legal centre was doing around couch surfing, a couch surfing clinic and ultimately a report into couch surfing and homelessness called Couch Surfing Limbo. It's an complex issue and a really detailed report um, which is available online from West Justice's website. We're just going to feature a few things from the report today in the last um, few minutes of our show. Um, Joe, when does couch surfing become a problem for young people? Um, well, it sort of becomes a problem from the very start when they're forced to um, move out of their family home. Um, that can be to it for a few different factors. It can be due to family violence. It can um, often be due to gender discrimination um, or sexual orientation discrimination. It can be um, simply because there's a um, 
even if it falls short of what a young person would conceive as as family violence, um, they may simply be emotionally and psychologically exhausted by the toll of substance abuse or mental health issues within the family. And that's what causes them to to move. Um, They may be staying at a, a couch or a spare room of a friend. Um, it can be someone who is actually basically providing an underrecognized service in terms of acting as a couch provider for members of the community. Um, and unfortunately, in some cases, it can be a case of exploitation as well, where there will be an older person who has a predatory aspect to why they take um, minors on into their care and in their house. Yeah, so there's a lot going on with that issue, and the report covers all those areas pretty well. Uh, I'll start with just honing in on one of the changes recommended in the report, which was changes to the youth allowance unreasonable to live at home benefit um, that we talked about a bit at the start of the show. Uh, The report recommended, as well as extending this benefit to young people who are New Zealand citizens, uh, there were some other recommendations. Um, Yeah, and one of the fundamental ones is we, we think it would be fantastic if the Australian and Kiwi governments were to work together and extend the youth allowance unreasonable to live at home benefit to New Zealand young people as well. But the reality is that currently um, it's a benefit that's so low that it makes it really, really difficult to live independently. Um, So it's great that that's some some sort of scratch money that a young person can draw on if they're paying a little bit for their way from their couch surfing. It's set at a level that makes it really difficult for independence right now. In addition to that, the criteria is actually quite challenging. Um, So it requires a young person to have left the family home permanently in order to be eligible for it. Um, I think that fails to reflect, and we think that fails to reflect the reality, which is that you're going to be going back and forth sometimes. Um, You may live at home a little bit again and then have to go. The idea that you're going to have to reinitialize and then inform Centrelink all of the time of the changes um, is really difficult. And right now, it's a good way to find yourself um, with a um, Centrelink debt before you even hit 18. Um, similar to that, we do think that um, services like Social Security Rights Victoria deserve more funding so that they can provide better service to underage people. Um, and that the Department of Social Services should actually resource Centrelink officers to do some youth-specific outreach because right now, although some Centrelink officers do have good social workers, um, it's not really oriented to under-18s and those social workers themselves um, could really benefit from better training about understanding the phenomenon of youth couch surfing. Thanks for that. Um, Another really interesting recommendation in the report was Something um, touching on one of the causes you identified of couchsurfing in the first place, um, violence in the home. And the recommendation was in regards to developing restorative justice alternatives for young people experiencing violence in the home. How does that look like and how would that benefit young people? That's right. Um, so the one of the things that became really clear is... Um, Firstly, often, although people may be experiencing what we call family violence, young people may not identify it as such. Um, And for them, the idea of a process that may result in criminal charges for a family member or the formality of an IVO um, is something they have a a real hard hard time getting their head around and getting to, Um, particularly if their hope one day is after a a sort of situational... um, a situation that's causing family violence passes, they may want to reinitiate those ties later on. 
The idea basically is to have restorative justice options in place um, where young people um, are, are protected and safe when they enter into them, but also where they've got autonomy to decide what that looks like, what the outcomes should be, um, and their right to do and go where they decide to at the end. Um, so it would be something that still recognises the effect that the violence has had. Um, they don't need to call it violence. Um, they can simply describe what it does and how it's made them feel um, and what they want to change. Um, it would basically just give uh, an open door for the young person if they want it to resume living with the family later on or resume drawing on their support. So it's not to necessarily um, replace wholesale um, the mechanisms which are available right now in the law, which sometimes are really important for making sure a person is safe from harm. Um, but it just treat, treats young people and indeed the people who want to draw on it um, with some more autonomy in the process. Thanks, Joe. We're nearly um, out of time for the show. Is there any final comment you want to make about the report or the campaign? Um, just that I think I think that both the, the couch surfing limbo and the issues that it spun off... Um, this is a real, really important point for early intervention for the Victorian government and the federal government and homelessness agencies. Um, there's this pretty awful phrase um, about homelessness career that gets used in academic language, and it basically says that um, if homelessness is something that you experience at a young age, if it interferes with your schooling, um, if it interferes with your community connections, um, you're more likely to find yourself in that traditional concept we see of homelessness, which is of older people having to be on the street or be under bridges. Um, so this is a place to target people and provide them with the assistance they need early on. Thank you so much for your time, Joe. And um, it's now 6.28. You've been listening to Done by Law with the guest Joe Nunweek, senior lawyer at West Justice, and earlier Maria Kumar, social worker with Iwi and Oz. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.